This is a post-Christian podcast. Welcome to the Sacred Collective, everyone. Um, we have myself, Brian. We have Neil. Say hello, Neil. Hello. And we have Caleb. Can you hear us, Caleb? Hello. Um, our last episode we did together was on a film. Um, Fire is a Fireball Visitors from a Dark World, something like that, right? Yeah. Yeah. We we were going to do um, uh, kind of something similar like a, in a movie and discuss Pixar's Soul, which is a fantastic film and I think we'll do here in the future. However, um, unless you've been living under a rock the last week, um, we thought it was imperative and super, super important to talk about uh, the, I don't even know what word to use, treasonous. Um, insurrectionist, sedition, all those things, what happened in the American capital here in uh, Washington, well, not here, but in Washington, D.C., and we just want to talk about it. I know as the pastor of Revolution Church Minneapolis, I'm going to give a talk about that tomorrow because, I mean, I I feel like most pastors are going to talk about that in some sort of capacity tomorrow, at least here in the States, but, I mean, we don't have any sort of you know, printed up questions or anything, more shooting from the hip just to see where, how we're feeling kind on this gut level, maybe on a spiritual or religious level and just political level. And I thought it was really cool to have, Neil, um, your perspective because you're not an American, you're, you know, living in Belfast, and I know you're going to probably talk about the troubles and issues and, you know, the conflicts you have over there and maybe transpose the similarities or differences um but i just think it's really interesting this will be an interesting um conversation that we need um hang on sorry i have gotten a text but i'm gonna ignore that um so yeah i mean i'm not gonna necessarily uh kick it off myself i want to see other people's opinions but so any whether caleb or neil um just kind of kick off uh how did you wake up? How did you hear about it? You know, all that stuff was going on. Like, where did you feel like, like a gut level of, of what, what happened on, on Tuesday? Uh, I'll, I'll go just, just real quick, just because, uh, of my proximity to it. And then I would like to get a bit more of an outside perspective from Neil. Um, but it was to me, honestly, it wasn't surprising. It was upsetting and it was, um, disappointing but it wasn't that surprising and it's not uncommon um you know for riots like this to break out uh from people from all sorts of you know economic backgrounds and we saw riots to a certain degree uh happening near the beginning of 2020 uh that were more affiliated with people who were left-leaning politically uh you know this stuff happens all the time and it's really really upsetting and um, I think in order to move forward without having to go through a rough, trying time uh, resembling civil war or even actually being civil war is, I mean, we say it all the time in revolution, but it is disagreeing well. We're not going anywhere fast to have someone who, right side or left side, is acting like a pouty teenager not getting their way and needs to storm around, stomp around. Um, I'm more than willing to sit down with, with those people and talk to them, uh, maybe have a security guard present in case things get a little heated, but, but that, that's a person, you know, that's, uh, that's my brother. That's my cousin. That's, you know what? That's Christ. That's the other. And I just think it's really upsetting when we get so emotionally carried away. I'm upset. I'm super upset. And I think this is absurd and ridiculous what's going on, but I still might. 
my heart really, really genuinely does go back to just wanting to sit down with these people and just uh, not these people, but just sit down with people of opposing viewpoints and just talk and be like, Hey, what are we trying to accomplish? And then what is this act of rebellion actually accomplishing towards that end? And, and that to me is what is the most upsetting. And I don't want to come out swinging saying, Oh, all, all of these, all of X type of people are, are, are so, uh, you know, brainwashed or are so, uh, misled, misinformed, um, but there's a reason they're so upset, and I think that reason needs to be addressed. Addressed, not not in the way they're doing it. I'll tell you that, but I think that that needs that reason needs to be addressed, and we need to sit down and have an adult conversation where we can disagree well and hear each other out. You know, you want to jump in to just see how, um, like your perspective as someone who is not an American, and maybe how you, you yourself are like or like your family kind of is feeling or talking or thinking about it? The first, the first thing um, I thought of when I, I was kind of on Twitter and all this started to go mental um, because I, so it was, it was um, evening for us, obviously with the time difference and I'm sitting on Twitter and I'm involved in um, a bit of chat around a soccer game that's happening. And then that just all disappeared. It just like that chat just was not in my timeline anymore, and it became all about this moment. And I instantly um, thought about everybody that I know in the states and everybody um, that I care for out there and how they're feeling. And you, you just feel incredibly overwhelmed by um, what you're seeing what you're watching and in a Twitter context, how it's being talked about. Um, because the, the timeline divides and divides quickly. And as time goes on, becomes more and more aggressive from all sides. And I find it, I, I actually just had to walk away from it and kind of go to bed, get up the next morning and go, what actually happened? What caused this? I think when you see when you see riots like that, um, and um, riots generally come from a point of frustration, from an from an inability to, or or a belief that you are not being heard. So, whatever whatever your viewpoint is, a riot is basically, to my mind, the last action of a bunch of people who feel they are not heard. And also in amongst that crowd are a bunch of people who have been stoked up by outside forces and poked and prodded for a long time being told, somebody's against you, somebody's against you. And it's never a person that is actually in the fight themselves. So in this instance, there was a speech made and that speech included, we're going to walk up here. I'm going to go with you. Everybody left. And the guy went back to his big white house. And that's, that's what I mean. Now, that, that's taking that example. But that happens in all those scenarios. Whatever, whatever side of this you're on, wherever you're, wherever you're coming at it from, there will be people who start this, who don't, who watch the crowd walk away and then go, that was good. You mean like a puppet master type thing? Is it like someone pulling the strings type thing? Yeah. Hey, let me ask you this real quick, Neil. Do you think that they're pulling the strings to the end of the riot happening? Or is that just a step along the way of the of, of whatever they're they're angling toward? Um probably both. Is it really just all about the riot? Is it really just all about sitting in the White House and taking silly selfies for a few hours? No, well, I, I would hope not. I would hope that on <laughs> who is gaining from this, right? Because it, it's it's never the people in the riot. It's never the people who are kind of pushed forward to um, start fighting with police or to start looting and shop. It's never them. They are the ones who end up with the police records. They are the ones who end up um, with problems in their future life because of it they are you know we have a 
you know, I, I joked before we started recording, it's like, oh, you want to talk about rats? So you got the Belfast boy on. Like, we know what what riots can be over here. And there's a whole generation of young people here who, because of because of those outside forces, in a Northern Ireland context, sometimes from uh, the likes of paramilitary organisations, pushing young people to the front of riots and getting them to do things, there's a whole generation of young people who are unable to travel because they are then lifted by the police. They are charged with riotous behaviour. That goes on the record. That causes them problems. And then that piles on frustration later on in life too. So everything, there is a a cause and an effect to all of this. And my thing with what what we saw during the week was, what has caused this? Who has caused this? And what effect is this going to have um, down the line? You know, how is this going to affect an incoming president? How is this going to affect potentially the president after? Like, when you're dealing with, with a political situation like this, your term in the States is four years. If this isn't dealt with and isn't dealt with well, then in four years, what is there? Are, are you still in the two-party system? Do you have a America First Party, which is a phrase that is starting to be used a lot more? Um, you know, where, where does this go? Does it does it does it change your two-party system, um, or what does it do? Or does it just send the the hard line? Does it cause a hard line in your two existing parties to double down? Um, so yeah, there, there, there's so much to kind of unpack, and I don't I don't want to be I don't want to be nasty about anybody or anything like that. I've seen a lot of kind of uh, jokey things about people. Um, you know, pictures of people in the riots and memes and stuff like that. And to be honest, I don't find that stuff funny. Um, because that the people involved had a reason they wanted to be there. I may not agree with that reason, but they had a reason why they felt that was the thing they wanted right. to do. Um, and that's a that's a really hard thing to to, to even talk about sometimes. Is is that thing you're saying, Caleb? Of why? to sit somebody down and go, why did you get to the point where this was your action? Right. Why did it make sense to you? There's a lot leading up to the fact that this, this drastic action made sense to you. Yeah. Yeah. So that there's, there's that and a, and a whole lot more, but I don't want (laughs) to, I don't want to just put out the, my, uh, my perspective. I mean, we want to have a good chat about this. And if I can, just for whether, it's for people here in America that listen to it or, you know, people, I know we have a lot of people that listen from other countries and just to kind of like peel back the veil. And I do agree with everything you said, Neil, um, uh, about what you just said, but how, how this happened is, I'm not going to say how it happened because we saw how it happened and, you know, their voices wanted to be heard, but how, how just the, and it's not like it was any other day, like at the Capitol, like some day in the summer or something. But what what we what the senators, what the congressmen and women were doing was they were doing something that has been done for over 200 years in America, which is they were certifying through the electoral college uh, the 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 validation of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris being the president and vice president. And within our constitution. It is built in where that you can object uh, on on that, and you need a senator to sign off on it, and then a c- Congress because we have our our House of Representatives, which is our Congress, and then we have our senators, um, and they all represent all fifty states. So a lot of and what was interesting was the states that were went to Donald Trump last last uh, four years ago. Some of the states that he barely won, he barely lost. And so uh, uh, a lot of his supporters, his followers were like, there's just no way that we could have lost. There's just no way because we won the state last year, but they're not taking into consideration a lot of the hate speech, the this very intense rhetoric that he said. 
And so it was like this this demonstration, this rally that they had, you know, right down the street from the from the nation's capital. That was purposeful. They and it was put together by Donald Trump and his cabinet. It was put there to literally and and if you go all over the internet, Twitter, um, Facebook, you know, I'm sure like you know people who believe in that conspiracy theories of like QAnon and stuff, they were all like, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna go out there, we're gonna go out there. And that part I have no issue with. As an American, that's in our sure. constitution. We have the we have the right to assemble. We have the right to protest, so on and so forth. I agree. And I think any and I think anybody would agree that if there's peaceful protests, people are you can say whatever you want during a protest. But um, so that's they had that reason. But I I feel how I looked at it is, and I can't stand Donald Trump as as a president and frankly as a human being. But he he and why they're getting working so hard in these last few weeks to kick him out of the office is because he he instigated the this kind of the, his followers like, hey, you know, they said I lost, but I really didn't lose. And so all his losers are, are, are all, all of his losers. All of his followers are like, yeah, Donald Trump didn't lose the election. It's, it's, it's the media that said it. It's, it's whatever. But yet he lost. By seven million votes. I mean, that's quite a number of votes. It wasn't like he lost by thirty thousand. He lost by millions and millions of votes. And so it was this <clears throat> enraged. And I and I know a ton a ton of my family and friends are are Trump supporters. I disagree with them, but when they knew that Donald Trump lost, they were like, "Oh, this sucks. Our person that we wanted lost. Okay, they move on." But there's a big segment within our population in America. They just can't get it through their head. They, they, they're just like, we will not accept defeat. We will not accept that our guy lost. And it was those people that that broke into the Capitol. It was those people who wanted to cause havoc. And, you know, people are like, oh, is it a mob? Is it insurrection? What was really interesting is I was watching CNN and they, they were like, this is the this is the definition of insurrection. And they read it. And that's exactly what it was. It was a group of people who want to overthrow the government. They want to cause chaos. They want to because of they feel that their ideas or their side wasn't heard. And what bothers me is, you know, Caleb, you're from the South originally, correct? Yes. And so there's one photo and we know and people know all over the world, like our terrible past with slavery and the Confederacy and in our nation's capital, there was a man carrying a ginormous flag of the Confederate flag yeah, yeah. walking walking through. And when I saw that, I started crying because I was like, I have tons of family who are black. And to see something in 2021, to see a, a human being walking with that in there, it made me so mad because I'm like, this is what we fought for. This is what we fought to to expunge, to eradicate from our country, and to know that there are men and women in this country who want to go back to that. It, it, it's all these emotions, how we feel angry, sad. Some people are happy. They're all valid. But it's just like I woke up Thursday or Wednesday morning, and I just was sick to my stomach because I was like, I want this to be a bad movie or a bad, you know. Um, fever dream, a surreal. Fever dream, Yeah. yeah. And I mean, Tuesday, I watched the news for like eight or nine hours. And this whole week I've been watching the news because I'm like it. I'm proud to be an American. I am. But at the same time, I'm disgusted with what uh, what certain brothers and sisters in my country have done because they're they've been followed. Like, I believe I literally believe that there is like this cult of Trump where there are certain people who are like. They will never think that he lost. They will never think what they did was wrong. And I mean, four people were killed, like died. Four. Mm. One of them was shot by the police, and people are like, "Oh well, that cop should be, you know, thrown in jail." And it's like, no, you broke into federal property, you know, like in our in our laws by you just going into the Capitol like that. It's an automatic like ten thousand dollar fine and up to ten years in prison. But you're breaking into federal property. They're told to shoot you. Um, and then three other people actually died be, or 
no, two other people died because they had medical emergencies. And then a cop, a cop was actually killed. And they said he it was killed because a Trump supporter took um, a fire extinguisher and started beating him over the head with it. So this was a very, pun intended, a very bloody day in a situation. And it's hard, you know, it's hard. And I've posted this on my social media. It's hard right now for me, even as a pastor, as someone who has said that like using the word Christian, but I really struggle with the term Christian right now because there are so there were so many flags flying with these protesters that said Jesus saves, Jesus twenty twenty, Jesus and Trump. Yeah. And I was like and I was Christians like I Trump. I Yeah, Christians for Trump. And I'm like, that is not the Jesus that I serve. That, that is not the Jesus that I like. Well you know what? Besides that not being the Jesus that I serve, that's irrelevant. Besides that not being the Jesus that I serve, that's, um, yeah, it's irrelevant, and I don't, I don't really think that it's appropriate. I mean, church and state, is, it's like, it's almost a joke to make reference to church and state in that situation. It's like, it's, it's so, uh, so elementary school. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really upsetting, and uh, I think it's... I think that there's so many layers to it, and there's a lot of different things that I want to respond to what you just said, Brian, and I'm not even sure halfway, uh, you know, where to start. I, th- I, I, I wonder, I mean, I think that one thing worth pointing out is that it's happened. It's, it did happen. It's, hor- it's horrifying that it happened. It's horrific. Not just that people would make these choices, but that the outcome, like you said, there was deaths. And um, it's it's horrific. It's horrifying. It's not the most shocking thing in the world. Things have gotten so cartoonish politically on all sides uh, in the states over the past decade. Things have gotten hum- almost humorously just cartoonish and outlandish. Um, but it's happened, and so now what? You know, do, do things keep escalating? People aren't those people who were raiding. The capital aren't about to be changing their minds. If anything, now they've got some martyrs or martyr-adjacent people to point to. They have leaders now. They have names and faces to put to this movement now, um, which is – I'm not saying that to be like, uh, you know, oh, it's – it's this awful, evil uh, cultist organization that's coming together and being organized now. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying that now there is power uh, behind this that wasn't necessarily as much to the surface and as influential as it had once been. And uh, I just wonder, with all the political ingredients being thrown together and then kind of coming to a boil, I just wonder, now what? Like, now what's going to happen? I don't... I mean, speculating can only go so far, but what can we do to kind of prepare for it? And the only thing that comes to my head, and I I swear it's not, uh, at least consciously, it's not just me repeating uh, the the political and spiritual mantras that have been going through my head for the past few years, but I I think it's just converse. I think we need... We need forums. We need to talk to, and not just forums to talk to people, but to get to know people, to be like, okay, well, why did this make sense to you to paint your face blue and red and put on a, a buffalo skin and go run into the White House? Like, why did that make sense? What, what can we address and maybe try to resolve and try to come to some sort of compromise? Like, if it comes to war, it comes to war, but I just feel like uh, right now our, our strongest tool, our sort of the spirit spirit as it were is uh is 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 logical um patient dialogue i mean part of me i i i agree and i disagree and i'll say the agreement part first and then my disagreement i i agree that i think we need to have these conversations and like what umj have said at revolution is argue or disagree, but do it well. And I think that that's absolutely true. And I would say most logical, reasonistic people would sit down, would have a conversation. I mean, look what our Senate and our Congress people, there's people on both sides, you know, people who are for Trumpsters or not, who can have a civil discourse and, and have it be fine. So I agree with you on that. 
but there are these people who did the, you know that stuff and like i said i've been watching the news like non-stop just because i'm like my dad like we were just political junkies but when you hear these people being interviewed it's like they they are so brainwashed and manip- manipulated and like pro you know have so much propaganda in their head like to them this is like this silent war they're they're raging the, the this is a war they're raging like the, there's even on the internet right now, there's something planned called the Million Man Militia that is supposed to be uh, in Washington D.C. on January 17th. They were like, "Is that this isn't the only thing we're gonna do? We we're gonna come back more people. We're gonna have more arms, like more weapons, and we're gonna take this house back." And their end goal is to have Donald Trump in office, no matter what, whether they legally won or not. And, I mean, people don't realize how intense this was. It wasn't that they just broke into the Capitol. I mean, there was pipe bombs that someone put in the headquarters of the Democratic Party and the Republican Party in D.C. I mean, they wanted this to be an all-out assault. And what's terrifying, I mean, the whole world knows what happened to America in uh, in 2001 with that terrorist thing. And we're like, oh, my gosh, that's terrible. Why would someone do that? But when you have your own people— Doing that to your own governmental seats, yes, I know that they have a reason for doing it. They don't feel like they're being hurt. I agree with all of that. But what is so terrifying is when you sit back and you realize there's such a disconnect, there's such a discord in our country that, like, I I mean, I talked to some of my relatives that I'm close to, and they they were sad and maddened that, they, that, that it happened, but they – they were like, Donald Trump is a terrible person, but he did a lot of great things for the country. He did this, he did this. And then there, I've talked to other people that was like, yeah, it's good what happened. It's good, not that people died, but we need to keep our country. So many people think that uh, that America is this socialized country. It's, it's, we're on the brink of, you know, so many people are think that it's on the brink of just this left-wing, super liberal, no religion type of of country. And that's just simply not that. So I do, Caleb, getting to your point, like I I think that there's, to a lot of people, and there's millions and millions of Trump supporters that did not do this, that you could sit down and have a conversation with them. I agree 100%. But those thousands, couple thousands of people that went out there and did that, to me, I'm like, there's no help talking with them. Like, they're my... Their mind is made up. Their their attitude is come hell or high water. We're not going to accept the outcome of this election. We're not going to accept how America is right now. And we're not going down without a fight. And that's what they want to do. Yeah. I think you just kind of put those ones in, in jail, hopefully. Or hopefully you don't have to come down to uh, shooting any sort of weapons at them but but yeah no i I hear what you're saying i do do hear what you're saying and sometimes you know discourse is done not through words but through actions too which is something else to think about but yeah but no that's that's a good point sometimes talking to a person is like talking to a brick wall you know yeah i mean those those hard lines always exist um it's funny talking like the that that shot of the guy with the confederate flag is is haunting, um, and it that flag never went away, right? Like that that was that that has always been a thing, um. But when you have a fire, one of the things you need is oxygen to stir it up and to keep it going, and the oxygen that this this movement has had has come from very high-powered people saying things that have brought, have given given these these people a sense of legitimacy to their arguments. Right. Well they, put, yep. they have... It's given them a character. It's given them a hero. It's given them a, a martyr at times. It's given them so a tangible yeah. leader. These... These people, I would, I would guess, and I can't, I can't say any more than guess or speculate. These people have felt this about America for a long time. These, these are not feelings that have suddenly germinated in the last four years. These, these are feelings 
that have always been there, deep down, maybe talked about between like-minded people and not really expressed, until you have people in positions of great power who openly say things that for a long time have never been said, then they move into a seat of power and they continue to say those things. And it, all it does is increase the, the legitimacy of the argument. Yeah, it legitimizes. Oh, totally. Yeah. This is what I mean by the, the puppet master thing, the, the, the outside influences to do this. Because they, they G people up to a point where they go, yeah, 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 yeah. And then they go and do something like that. And then all of a sudden now, like it, one of the, one of the mental things for me, there was there was a lot of mental things. Let's be honest, guys. But one, the the craziest things for me was I looked at the whole thing and I went, "This is different. This is this this is different. If this if this was a if this was a Black Lives Matter protest, this ends differently. And that's one of the key things that you, that needs to be talked about." The other thing was the the scenario <laughs> where you have insurrectionists, domestic terrorists, whatever whatever label we're going to put on these guys, and the person who sits in your highest office in the country puts out a message on social media, tells them that he wants peace, tells them to go home, and then says within the confines of that message, we love you. Now, when you tell someone that you love them, you're also affirming what they are doing. Yeah, you're telling them to go home, but you're also saying, we love you, we see what you're doing, we understand your patriotism, da-da-da-da-da. And there's so, there's so much, and like there was a video at one point of people raising a cross, and it it genuinely made me shudder. It's it's like Brian was saying. It's very difficult. It's like, well, speaking as a Christian, well, could you not? Because honestly, you don't do me any favors when you do that. Because your understanding of Christianity and my understanding of it are two completely different things. I don't, um, you know, there was a somebody holding up a, a Jesus Saves banner at one of the protests on TV. And Brian Zahn tweeted the photo and he said, this is what it means to take the name of the Lord in you. And I thought, yeah, that's that's pretty nailed on. And again, that comes from Brian's perspective and Brian's understanding of it. But there is a truth to that as far as I can see. My, my own limited understanding of these things. Jesus saves has nothing to do with what you're doing at that moment. I don't... I, the correlation of that is strange. Um, yeah, and I think I don't. I don't know. Like, there's there's all this stuff today. You know, these these influential people being removed from social media, and it's been celebrated by a lot of people, kind of in my timeline, who would be left leaning and stuff. Hey, finally they're gone, and it's like yes, but it took this. These things have been talked about on these platforms for four years and beyond that when you track back. They should they should have been banned long before any of this. There should have been there should have been conversations before any of this about them being removed. It shouldn't be celebrated today that certain people no longer have a social media presence. Because it doesn't mean anything now. All that stuff has happened. The, the, in some ways, the looking at it as a complete outsider, the end goal of this has kind of happened, and I hope I hope for all your sakes and for everybody that I love and care for over in the states, it doesn't get any worse. But it it needs to be addressed now, because otherwise. You know, I like, like, in a Northern Ireland context, I am a, I am a product of a civil war. Let's be honest. I am what's referred to as the troubles generation. 
born in 1980, who my kids can't believe some of the stories. You know, I have... The Belfast City Centre is a very open place now, but it wasn't. I walk my children around it and go security checkpoint there. But those pillars, those pillars, security checkpoint, those pillars. Um, you know, I, I am somebody who has been through it and has um, come out the other side of it. And it's still... It still exists today. So when I talk about hard lines, to go, to go way back into this, there are hard lines who still exist. Yes, there is a piece here in Northern Ireland now. But there's also people who feel that that piece isn't enough. You know, there was a, a, a friend of mine shot dead by one of these organizations in Derry in recent times. The hard lines haven't gone away. They're still there, and we still need to find some way of ridding the place up there. They are cancerous to whatever your country is, whatever your whatever your system of politics is. They are they are cancerous. There there, there was a report published recently here that said there are twelve hundred members of loyalist paramilitaries in Northern Ireland, and I saw the headline and I went, "How is this?" a thing in 2020. Hi. You know, so all that is to say that these events have happened and it's it's incumbent now that there has to be some kind of uh, working out process. Some kind of... I, I, I have no idea a what treaty. that looks like. Not, a, not even a treaty. Like it doesn't, it doesn't require. I don't, I don't get the feeling in in an American context it requires a full blown peace process, but it does require some forum where these things are are able to be discussed without people storming the barricade. It does need to be, it does need to be um, worked out and. I just, I just hope that that doesn't end in more loss of life. Yeah. Do you know? Because again, been through that, and you, you know, in a, in a, I, I have said to somebody recently about the whole COVID thing here, and we're now in another lockdown for another few weeks uh, here in Northern Ireland, and I feel like our society has adapted a real troubled attitude to this pandemic because we do this thing where we go about our daily lives and we get the stats on the radio and the TV at night and we look at it and go, terrible, I can't believe this is happening. And then the next day we get up and we go about our daily lives and we do the normal thing again. And it's really, it's really, really strange. And part of that's a survival process. But there's, yeah, there's, there's a real risk that if if you let the things that are festering faster more, yeah, they become more and more harmful, more and more detrimental to your society, uh-huh. and it's harder and harder and harder to remove the villain. I have a couple questions for you, Neil. Um, yeah, the kind of uh, philosophical, kind of heady questions. You say that a, a treaty probably couldn't work in an American t- context, and I would agree. With you. In the current American climate, I would absolutely agree with you. America is so much more drawn towards powerful leaders and towards uh, you know figureheads who they can point to and who are speaking almost prophetically. Um, so my first question is, is this a time when America needs a MLK or a Malcolm X or you know a outspoken voice like that to head? a quote-unquote movement, which is really just a collection of, uh, you know, a, 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 of ideas of a new way to approach doing things. Not a new political policy, but a new political philosophy. That's my first question. My second question is, does today's current social media and, and all this bullshit, fluffy, plastic 
Barbie and Ken climate that we live in, does that allow for elite and MLK? Does that allow for uh, a figurehead that isn't just you know that isn't just really at the end of the day five PR people who found a handsome looking kid? <laughs> I think one of the things that really strikes me about America. Um, in, in comparison to Northern Ireland, part, part of the reason why I say a, a peace treaty thing isn't really the way to go right now. The scale of comparison of Northern Ireland and America is is massive, is is completely massive. It would almost have to be done on a on a state by state basis. Um, in your instance, because the the size of the country to have it all dealt with by one central point, I don't think is possible um, and I don't I don't even know if state by state is the way to do that um, because you know certain states are more liberal than others certain states are more conservative than others so it's really hard to kind of think that um, you know more conservative people living in Seattle for example um are going to find it easy for their voice to be heard there. I don't, I don't know, but I, it's it's really hard to gauge. I don't know who that figurehead would be. Um, and I think the social media aspect makes it... Um, the social media aspect makes it really hard because I think you will always no matter what you do on social media, you will always um, be interpreted as saying the wrong thing or the other side will quote-unquote come for you, yeah. um, glide into the MDMs and, you know, say say some pretty horrible stuff. I don't, I don't know who that, that figurehead would be. I mean, I look at... Um, the clips that I look at sometimes from the States and I hear people talking about politics I look at, I listen to people like, not, I don't want to name a politician, um, because that infers that I'm picking a side. But I listen to people like Cornell West. Yes. And I, and I, even in the celebrity sphere of things, I listen to people like, uh, Killer Mike from Run the Jewels. Oh, fuck yeah. Has some incredible, um, profit. takes. Yeah. And, I, I'm I'm fairly convinced that um, certain rap artists are are the prophets. No, me too. Um, and Killer Mike, I think, is one of those guys who I just listen to, and he he. You can find these on YouTube. He had he had sit downs with uh, Bernie Sanders, and it's incredible conversation. They start into into the gun conversation. Um, and Killer Mike is somebody who believes that, yeah, I, I'm entitled to have a gun. I should be able to protect myself. And he lays it out in a way that I find it very hard to kind of come against, if that makes sense. And I would never have had that before. I still don't fully agree with him, but I can't really find a hole in the argument. So I, I kind of feel like people like that... Um, the people that I see, I, I, would, I certainly wouldn't have any um, politicians, but within, you know, the, certain communities will always find their leaders some, somewhere. Yeah. Um, the problem with a community like a Christian community is the spectrum goes from conservative to completely liberal. So to find a central point, a centrist, and that that appeals to all sides and all sides feel they can be heard when addressing is a very difficult thing. I just wondered though, if you found one nowadays, if you went against all odds and did find one, would they still have the uh, the magnitude of a voice that one had back in the sixties when civil unrest and revolution was uh, at a peak in America? that could be being approached right now? Um, maybe because your your message now wouldn't just go nationally, it would go global, I think is the thing with social media. Ah. So, 
I think that the the magnification of what you can do through social media, you know, there was, there was a time where I had no idea what was going on in America. There was a time when what happened uh, the other night in America, you wouldn't have been aware of here for another day or two. <laughs> you know, again, child of the 80s. But we've, we've moved on from that. Sure. So you... you you now have, if you had that central figure, their audience isn't national anymore. Their audience is global, and their critique isn't national anymore. Their critique is global. That then throws in a whole other world of chaos into it. Um, so, I mean, it's a really crap answer, but I don't know. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, that's it, but there's I mean, like I said, people like uh, Dr. Cornell West and Killer Mike are voices that I feel are are reasonable, rational, and should be maybe pushed a little more. Totally agree. Well, and I and I think within our in our culture in our country in America, I do think that there is going to be a time. I hope with all my heart, and I pray that it'll be soon. But just in my gut and in my sense is we're not ready yet. And if you look throughout American history, we are, we're all taught it here in the States and, you know, our U.S. history classes and our civics classes, all these things. And when you go back and, like, put them together on these precipice of these huge events, civil rights era, World War II, World War One, Nam all these things that have led us into war or civil unrest, there's always been a time afterwards where everyone sits down like what we're doing and what I'm sure countless and thousands of millions of Americans are doing and are saying, what can we learn from this? What are we going to do from this? How do we move forward? And my my critique is Americans are bad. We're good at ans- ans- or asking questions. We're very, very bad at actually answering those questions. And we just, we know so many Americans don't like to take the blame. No one wants to be like, oh, yeah, this is wrong or or, I'm not like this. When you talk to white people now, white evangelical Christians, white liberal Christians, and you say you have white privilege. Oh, no, 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 no. I don't have white privilege. I don't have white privilege. I love black people. My boss is black. (laughs) And or my just want to be chaos, Caleb. No. So we need to move forward. Here, I'll come on the phone right but now. I feel like Americans time and time again when we're given D'Angelo. the opportunity to do that, we don't ever do so it. Wait, all right, that's all. And I'm sure other countries do it well, better than us. Maybe some countries do it worse. And the one thing I like what President elect Biden said in one of his speeches, he's like, This is something you see in a third world country. This is something where you see in a dictatorship or an autocratic society. You don't see this in a country like America or Canada or Britain or like even France or Germany, like you don't see that. And so that's why I think so many people, uh, and I'm not trying to point fingers and being like, Oh, all you stupid Trumpsters. Cause that's just, that's just scratching the surface. That's just a, a, a partial issue of a bigger issue that we have in our culture. But I just sat back and, you know, I'm very, very, um, careful on where I align myself politically, but I literally was moved to tears on Tuesday when I saw that because I'm like, I don't agree with all the policies that our country does. We do a lot of war. We do a lot of dropping of bombs. These things that I'm terribly uh, against. But when you see, you know, guns being drawn from the secret police that we have, you know, in the Senate pointing it at people, when you see people toppling statues when you see people sitting where the vice president was sitting 20 minutes before it it makes you sad because you're like this is kind of like we most christians would be out uh, horrified if you saw protesters desecrating a church desecrating holy relics we would be like that's terrible and yet this is what they were like that's like our holy place for our government and our society and it just I'm not at a place right now where I'm just ready to sit down with a lot of Trumpsters and be like, why did people do this? Why do you think, 
you know, these people did that. Like, I know that there's going to be a time where I need to sit down and have that conversation, but full transparency, I'm, I'm not at that point right now because it's so fresh where I can just sit down and be like, yeah, I want to have a conversation with you. I'm still angry. I'm still mad. I'm still hurt to be like, how, how did these people think that this was a good idea? How did these people get so um, indoctrinated through these lies that they that they think that, that this was a good idea to do. Yeah. I think uh, I think one of the important things, <clears throat> excuse me, I think one of the important things about that, Brian, is how you're feeling is perfectly fine and legitimate and like <laughs> yeah, I can I can sit here and go, guys, you need to, you need to talk to each other. Da, 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 da. That's fine because I'm I'm the guy sitting thousands of miles away on a different island. <laughs> you know, I I can say those things because I'm I'm detached from it. Um, so when you're saying you're not ready, I I hear that and I go, yeah, and that's okay. But the the thing about the thing about that is when. You know, there, there can be a thing where people can be more aggressive about. Well, you need to, you need to come and talk. You need to come and talk. You need to go. Like, but I'm not ready yet. It, it has to reach a point where um, everybody has has come to the point where talking becomes the, the option. That's that's how Northern Ireland is where it is today, because it got to the point where. All sides went. This can't continue this, this trajectory. And talks talks were going on about doing that for years behind the scenes, um, kind of off camera. And I think that's one of the things too that everything. Just to go back to even on the social media, everything is so public from certain sides now. I, in many ways, I'm more interested in the conversations that are happening behind the scenes now. What are they doing behind things to, to to look at this and sort this out and try and work this through for you guys? You know? um, but there's no, yeah, there's there's nothing wrong with that. You know, what are we four days four days removed as we're recording this from mm-hmm. that happening? For you to turn around and go, I'm not ready to talk to these people yet. But yeah, totally. I I could totally. I could totally see that and understand would be the case, you know. Um, and I think one of the things is that you you can't beat yourself up for feeling like that, and also other people have no right to kind of come at to, to come at you for feeling like that because that that's how you feel about the thing. The only person that can can move on that position or any other. Is you mm-hmm. so the point at the point where you're ready to, to to engage maybe with be it members of your family or or other people in your city or whatever. That's that's the time. That is the right time to do that because to to walk in that room now with if you're feeling how you're feeling now, you're not going to get. There's not going to be the work done to, to find any resolution. And equally, if the feelings are the same on the other side, you know, um, it, yeah, it's every, everybody has to be in the right place to have the conversation. That's the thing. Yeah. Right. And I'll say, too, I've been... Mr. Preachy Preachy talking about having good conversations with people. But last night I got into a pretty heated exchange with some 50 something year old uh, conservative white men who were just kind of having a laugh. You know, you know, like that attitude like, uh, oh, uh, looks like the patriarchy's back at it again, boys. Oh, uh, the patriarchy's. Uh, white privilege. Here we go. Oh, it's so real. Can you believe the wow? 
white privilege and these people complaining about, you know, that kind of attitude where they're just like so flippant about like, oh, everyone's overreacting. It's like making everything into such a big deal. And I got to a pretty heated exchange with them. And, you know, so I do that. I'm talking about ideals and uh, about esoteric kind of uh, intangible things when I talk about wanting to have nice conversations with people. You know, I, I easily fall into that. It's easier for me to fall into that with, you know, old white guys who I, I know personally, who know who I am, and I feel like I've got to be the bug in their ear that says you're acting like a fool by even, by not thinking what you think, but by expressing such misogynistic, uh, ignorant rhetoric. But yeah, I, I just wanted to say that just to say that that uh, I'm trying to be like Mr. Uh, Christian Pastor Man talking about, oh, we just need to kumbaya, sit around and talk it through. But uh, but no, things get heated. I'm not against uh, violence in the correct place. And um, I almost got in a fight yesterday with a guy in, in a physical uh, fight. I walk around Seattle with a knife in my pocket all the time, you know? I literally do. Like, I'm, I am prepared for conflict. But uh, I'm talking about, you know, hopefully we can get to a place to where... We can sit sit down and powwow this one out, but uh, that's I know that is wishful thinking. No, the 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 process is long and the process is arduous. That's that's all I was gonna say. You know. Yeah, yeah I think I think uh, just for the sake of time, we could probably talk about this for hours, and we like to kind of keep these around an hour, and we're about that. Um, mm-hmm. It's just something which would be kind of fun to, you know, record in a few weeks again to see where. This is at to see what's happening to definitely to to see what this is like with the new administration and other things that are happening. It's a very all that I'll say to end on my like little sh- two cents is it's going to be very interesting to see the new administration when they become inaugurated here in a few weeks. Um, what they're going to do, how they're going to quell this. I I'm you know they said that we've never. We have never had so much um, military presence, police presence, like they're going to have at the inauguration because they're nervous and that they're scared of does the potentiality of more violence. So it's going to be a very tumultuous time. And I thank you, Neil, for kind of validating some of those thoughts and feelings that I had of I know that one day I will sit down with family and friends and other people, coworkers. But I'm I'm just not yeah. there right now. And, you know, people forget that anger is a real emotion that we have that's baked into us as human beings. What you do with that anger, obviously, is what we saw happen this past week. They used it for, you know, ill will. I want to take that anger. And once that anger subsides to be like, OK, let's sit down and have peace talks. Let's be, you know, whatever. But like you said, I'm just not there right now. And I'm, I'm I and I'm not proud or mad that i can say that it's just That's where just i'm at and 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 um but i just want to thank both of you guys for wanting to do this and and it's been a good conversation i miss your guys's faces and there we go this has been wonderful thanks neil for popping it again let's uh maybe once we're all feeling a little bit better and take a little bit more uh prozac we can talk about uh some disney film or something like that but until then <laughs> we become a Disney dude podcast uh, yeah, yeah definitely but um, it, it's one of those things guys where like I say my initial reaction was how are all my friends in America doing and I thought of you guys I thought of other, other people I know and it's good to connect it's good to talk these things out because that's that's where the work starts even in amongst friends um, before you bring anybody else in the room so like it's good to, to talk about this and yeah, we can um if anybody wants to talk to us about all the stuff we've talked about, I'm sure. Hey yeah, we'll you know what? If you're a listener and slide into the DMs. Yeah, if you're a listener, slide in the DMs and we can get you on a Skype we're all just having a Skype call right now. We could add you even if it's just for a five minute segment, you come in and tell us that we're asshole idiots, that's fine. Like uh that would actually uh kind of spite me a little bit and that'd be that'd be a, uh, some good content so as a producer i i promote you coming on and have a little jousting match let's go i concur cool
talk to you fellers later. All right. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Thanks for being part of our conversation. To continue the conversation, find us on social media at SacredMN. That was a post-Christian podcast. (laughs) Ha ha ha!